guess what time it is? It's time for another Play, Think, Grow podcast. I know I just released one a short time ago. I wanted to follow up with another one because it's time that I shared a very important resource that parents have been asking for time after time. By now, most of you have heard of Khan Academy, Edutopia, ABC Mouse, Apex Learning, and the hundreds and thousands of websites out there that are offering services to your child. By now, the schools have sent you packets of work for your child to do. From what I'm seeing and reading and hearing, most parents are running back into the same issue. And that issue is the resources that you've been using, the packets you've been working with, the websites you've been visiting are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is helping our children learn. And they're definitely not allowing you to work quietly at home. I'm hoping I can shed a little light on this and help you on today's show. There is a key resource that we all have, but we're just not utilizing it correctly. I'm going to let you in on the secret. The special thing you need to make each day not so difficult to get through. The secret ingredient to help your son or daughter learn. You ready for it? Did you know that I already said in the intro? It's time. No, not the magazine, but the minutes, seconds, and hours thing. Now, I know what you're saying. Time? Uh, We've got plenty of time. I've been spending lots of time making sure my child does their homework. I've been spending tons of time on these websites and on these resources, on these apps with my son and daughter. No, 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 no. That cannot be what's missing. Well, actually, I'm not talking about the time you spend doing these things. Rather, the time it takes to learn how to properly use it. In fact, I'm talking about the prep time it takes to figure out exactly how to apply whatever it is you need for your child. That is what makes a teacher or educator's job so special, albeit difficult. That prep time is why you've been having trouble staying sane this last week or so, despite all these free and wonderful deals you're getting from these websites. That prep time is also why your student isn't willing to do any of the packets that they've handed out. Now, as I suggested before in episode one, education is not simply the transfer of information. If it was, then those packets, they would have sufficed. Schools would just sit children in front of computers, allowing information to download into our brains. But then again, if that was the case, we wouldn't even bother sending them to school at all. We could have done that all at home. So what is it about prep time that makes education special? Let me show you how I use it. And then I'll show you how you can use it to make the days a little bit smoother. Now, when I'm getting ready to work with a teacher or a student, I spend time to go over the entire lesson outline. I think about what I want to accomplish in the time allotted, then I go over the lesson detail by detail. I think about the environment that I'm going to be in, the chair that I'll be sitting with, the size and shape of the tables I'll be using, what are the things that can go wrong, what are the things that can sidetrack me, I even make sure that I have backups in place for a few different scenarios. For example, today, the lesson plan I wanted to teach my kids was to show them how to add two digits that added up to more than 10. They can already add two numbers up to 10, but they would run into trouble when it's things like 
8 plus 5. Now, I've also said before that I like to gamify my plans, and I plan to do so with this one. So here's what prep time sounded like in my head. All right, let's teach them a game of blackjack. Well, not exactly blackjack. We're only going to add up to 18, not 21. And of course, they're not going to be gambling. Well, then what are they going to be playing for? Hmm, I'm also not sure if they can compare numbers above 10 yet. Okay, new plan. First, we'll play a few games and compare single digit values. And let's see how they do with that. If they're not able to compare the values, then we'll change the lesson to be how to compare. After that, then we'll teach them how to add past 10. But what are they going to be playing for? You know what? This is a good time to implement the financial system that you've always wanted to teach. This is a good time for them to teach about money. Wait a second. So they are going to be playing for money? No, that's gambling. Okay, okay. So they'll play for points. And then they can exchange the points for money. And then they can choose to spend the money however they want. But how are we going to keep track of the points? Easy. I'll track it on the board. Yeah, but the board's going to get messy and difficult to maintain. I, I really want a sustainable board. I got it. Let's use the fake coins that the kids have. Wait, do we have enough to play a game with? Let me count. Yes, 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 we do. Okay, great. Now, what's going to be the exchange rate? Two points or two coins per dollar? Oh, no, no, no. That, that's going to add up way too quickly. 200 points equals a dollar? Well, the kids can't count up that high. All right, let's try this. 100 points equals a dollar. That's a little better, but it's still not going to be efficient because they're not going to see the returns fast enough and lose interest quickly. So how about 10 points equals one fake dollar, then 10 fake dollars equals one real dollar? Interesting. This is good because later on, we can always talk about inflation. Okay. And also, we should reserve the right to change the exchange rate at any point. Okay, back to the game. Who's going to go first? If Winston starts and doesn't understand the game, then he's not going to like the game and won't want to play. Madison's usually pretty good at picking these things up fast. And if she does well, it'll motivate Winston to do better. Okay, Madison starts first. But is this going to be a game where they play against me? Or is it going to be a free-for-all and only have one winner? You know, Winston really needs to win a couple games or else he's going to give up right away. So I think it's better that they play against me. Hmm, what about face cards? Do I use them as tens or do I use them as their actual values? You know what? Since I'm just trying to teach them addition past 10, it's probably easier to start with the face cards equaling 10 for the time being. Now, what would happen if they don't understand any of the concepts? What's the backup? I think I'll change the game to a memory style type of game where they flip over cards and try to match. But instead of matching the same numbers, they want to get two cards that's going to add up to something that I choose. Like, find two cards that add up to five. Sounds good. All right, let's get started. Well. That was pretty much what went on in my head as I was planning this lesson. So you get the point. 
In case you're wondering, the game went as planned, and they loved it, but didn't get into the points as much as I had hoped, and that's okay. I'm not trying to discourage you by telling you all these things, nor am I telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this because this is really what goes through my mind when I plan a lesson, any lesson, whether it be for young kids or older kids or experienced educators. Now, what I've just shown you takes place in the span of 10 to 15 minutes in my head, and I'm able to do this this quickly because I've been doing it for nearly 20 years. It might take you a little bit longer if this is your first time. I understand that time is a limited resource. You need it to work. You need it to cook. You need it to clean. You need it to eat. You need it to rest. Hey, you need it to go find toilet paper. You need it to worry about if your family is safe and healthy. There just doesn't seem to be any time for you to do all the prepping. What I would simply point out is that video game companies spend many years and millions of dollars. Prepping their video games, they want to figure out how to capture the kids' attention and hold it, because the designers know they have very little time to capture their audience interest. If they don't do it right away, the player usually will not come back to play their video games again. Now, this is not just in video games; it's in advertising, performance arts, and yes, in education. I know if I can't capture my students' attention right away, I'm going to lose it and have a very hard time. To get it back. If you're ever wondering why you can't get your child's attention over that video game, or that show, or that app, it's probably because you haven't prepped as well as they have. Now, I happen to be planning for another class, a science class that happened in the later of the day, and ironically, I decided to do it on the fly without prep time. The idea was to make a volcano erupt using the chemical reactions from mixing baking soda and vinegar. And I figured, hey, I've done it in fourth grade, so it shouldn't be too hard. What I thought would happen would be that we would use Play-Doh to make the volcanoes, having a little arts involved, and then make them erupt outside. Here's what actually happened. So I gave them one of those plastic sauce containers, those things that you put salsa or cheese in, and I wanted them to build a volcano around that container. They were going to use their Play-Doh as the building material. And it turns out that the Play-Doh had just dried up from lack of use. Okay, that was simple to fix. We won't use the volcano for now. We're just going to try to get the chemical reaction and see what it looks like. But how do I show the mouth of the volcano? Easy, just use a straw. Well, when we tried it, it turned out it was too small to pour in the baking soda and vinegar. So we decided to try a boba straw, but then found out we had run out. Okay, how about using the cardboard roll from a toilet paper tube? No,、nope, that was too big. I got it. We'll just make our own volcano nozzle using our own cardboard. But they just kept being more trouble trying to make it stand up. So as I was making all these changes, I had lost the kids' attention, and they went to play with something else. This is why time spent on prepping is so important, but often overlooked. This prep time is the reason why parents are having such a hard time this last couple of weeks. This prep time is what companies and schools don't want to pay for, but don't understand why it matters. Because this prep time is how a great educator can figure out how to hold the attention of a 30-some student class, while those that are trying to pass on information will constantly have issues.
How can you apply this? First, envision what you would like to accomplish with your student. Begin with your end result in mind. Then, write your thoughts down on a piece of paper. For example, how long would this event take? What are the things you hope would happen during the activity? What are some of the dialogue that you want to take place during that time? Write them all down. Now, perform the activity with your student. Write down everything that did happen. And then compare notes of what you thought would happen versus what actually happened. It's important that everything is written down. Because all the discrepancies that you find is going to be where the education actually happens. In the example I told you about, I wanted to do a fun afternoon activity of making a volcano. I thought the kids could make the volcano out of Play-Doh, and then I would have them put in the baking soda and vinegar into the mountain, and then they would get to see the eruption and have fun for about 60 minutes. But what actually happened was there was a large portion of volcano building that I forgot about. It gave me a lot of trouble, and it delayed the time. The kids got bored while waiting for me and moved on. So what that taught me was to realize building things takes time. I need to have backup activities during those times for these specific scenarios. Now, they weren't that interested in learning how volcanoes worked, but as soon as they saw the chemical reaction, their reaction was also one of excitement. So this was an opportune time that I can take to explain how the chemical reactions work. I also learned that for the next time, the kids could have different types of materials to mix. Safe ones, of course, such as water and sugar and salt, and allow them to try different combinations. It would be a great add-on to the chemistry lesson. I've said this many times. This is not a do it once and everything will work out sort of thing. It's going to be an experience that you will make a mistake in, and that's not a bad thing. Embrace the mistakes. Play with it. One mistake that I made with the volcano was that I made the reaction chamber too big, and it wasn't producing a big enough reaction to really show off the eruption. So I started putting more baking soda in. Now that I look back on it, I realize I could have asked the kids what they would do and let them have fun with that. If you choose to spend the time to prep, there's a great byproduct, and that's experience. You will gain the experience to know what sort of learner your students are. You will also have the experience to know what sort of learner you are. With time, you will grow as an educator and have the experience to do this at a faster rate. One side effect about doing prep time is that it takes a lot of mental power. This is why I get exhausted after a day of lesson planning because it takes a lot out of me. Now this is normal. And just like physical strength requires training to build up the stamina for. The key to all of this is properly managing your time between prepping and teaching and relaxing. But hey, isn't time management what we hope to be able to teach our kids? What better way to teach it than by experiencing for ourselves learning from our mistakes, and growing because of it. Please, don't feel like you have to do this alone. Keep in mind, there are plenty of other educators who've done this before. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to share. Post on our Facebook page, facebook.com 
backslash straight A consulting and let us know how we can help you. Remember, it takes a village to raise a child. We just slightly readjust the saying for current day situation and say it takes a village to raise a child with some social distancing. I hope you're able to apply what I'm saying about time. This does not have to be a serious task. It's fun, so keep things light, play with the experience, and laugh and think about what you've learned from the mistakes. Strengthen the bond between you and child, and let it grow. Let it grow, let it grow, can't hold you back anymore. <clears throat> Anyways, see you next time. <laughs>